Coming to you from the Yard Dogs Podcast Studio. A show for the fans by the fans. Talking all things Cleveland Browns from our mic to your ears. To your ears. With your hosts, Jason Hand and Mikey P. Yes, and welcome to Thanksgiving week here on the Yard Dogs podcast. I'm your host, Jason Hand. You can find me on Twitter at Browns Huddle. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at Yard Dogs Pod. This show is part of the Zedia Network, which is media spelled with a Z. For more information on the Zedia Network, you can find them on Twitter at Zedia Network. If you are a Cleveland Browns fan, have a story to tell, and would like to share it, Hit me up on Twitter. Our DMs are wide open. You can find us there once again at Yard Dogs Pod. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star review and please share the show. Sharing the show helps more than you'll ever know. And joining me in the yard right now in just a second is my co-pilot, co-host of the Yard Dogs Podcast. I'm going to bring in Mikey P. Mikey, how are we doing tonight, bud? We're doing good, man. Um, you know, coming off of a, you know, it was an ugly win, but it was a win. But it always feels good to have that. We got Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday. Got some Turkey Day games, and uh, it's gonna be a good week. But uh, I'm excited. Thanksgiving I is. I don't know if you know this about me, Mikey P, but Thanksgiving is hands down my favorite holiday of them all. And for this okay. reason, you have okay. family, food, and football. All on that holiday. It's it's very special. It is, it is a good one. I, I do like it. Uh, you do have all those things. You don't have the hustle and the bustle like you do with Christmas. Uh, getting to everyone's house and opening presents. There's not as much trash to throw away um, after Thanksgiving. So I agree. With that. Thanksgiving's a great holiday. It's, it's in the top two. Yeah. I don't know if it's number one for me, but it's top two. I mean, you know, what's not to love? You got the turkey, the bird in the oven. You got the stuffing, the green bean casserole. Mikey P, I'm curious, what does your plate look like on Thanksgiving? Like, what it, you know, you, you get your food and you go to the table. What's on that plate, man? I'm an oddball. Like, uh, the meat is actually, like, the last thing that I try to eat on Thanksgiving. I'm a side person. So a lot of green beans, some stuffing, mashed potatoes, a little sweet potato casserole. Okay. Um, I don't do a whole bunch of meat. I usually get like one piece of meat and, uh, and the rest are sides. I'm a type person. I could be a vegetarian very, very easily. Um, so, so definitely the, the sides are for me. If anyone's got some homemade mac and cheese and they want to send me an invite to, uh, I'll come over. <laughs> there was a, uh, a Twitter post and it, it said, what does, what's your go-to for your Thanksgiving or something like that? And it had the turkey, it had the ham, um, and then it had a bunch of sides on there. My go-to is definitely turkey with gravy on it, green bean casserole, mashed potatoes with gravy, sweet potatoes with the marshmallows on it. I like that. Yeah, man. You got to have that. And let's see, what else? uh cranberries i don't mind i don't mind some cranberries on my you know some people can do without but i'm, I'm into cranberries yeah, i'm gonna do without person and and i have a game changer for you you take your regular mashed potatoes and you mix them with your sweet potato casserole oh 
So you clear out a center. Like you got to clear out the center. You put the sweet potato casserole in the center of the regular mashed potatoes. Okay. And then you eat them together. It's a game changer. All right. I might have to try that, Mikey P. I'm not into mixing my food too much, but I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll try that on, on your behalf. Um, staying in town this weekend, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Are you traveling? No, nope, I'll you... be in town. Uh, okay. I work Friday, so I'll be in town, be at my sister's. Uh, she, they, her and her husband just, uh, bought a new house this year. So they're hosting at their new house. So it'd be exciting to get over there and, uh, spend the day with the family, watch some football, kick back and, uh, just kind of enjoy a, a day of, uh, just, you know, friendship, family and football, man. It's, it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff on, on Thanksgiving. So to all the viewers out there, Happy Thanksgiving. This is our Thanksgiving episode. We have a very special guest that we're going to bring in in just a minute or two. But before we do that, I want to remind everybody that we are streaming live on Twitter, on our uh, Twitter page, at Yard Dogs Pod. Also on our Facebook page, you can search for that, uh, Yard Dogs Podcast, and also our Mm -hmm. YouTube page. You can also search there yard dogs uh podcast on on youtube if you don't see the live show that's okay we got you covered we are on many different platforms um stitcher spotify apple podcast podbean whole bunch of different platforms when when you're on there give us a, a follow so we can remind you every time a new episode drops and it also helps if you like what you're hearing then uh give us a five star review so with that we're gonna bring in a special guest mikey p are you ready? Yeah, we're we're bringing a special guest uh, from far away this time, I think, aren't we? La- far away from across the pond, uh, f- from the UK. He's a new fan of the show. He he's been listening for a couple weeks. I think we found him on our Facebook page, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. And uh, his name is Pete Barker. So we're gonna bring him on uh, right now. Pete, how how we doing, buddy? Howdy, how are we? Nice to be here. Well, it's good to have you. Yeah. Tell us. uh, Get used to it, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you're you're from the UK. You live in the UK. Uh, You're plus five as far as uh, time is concerned. Yes, five hours. So we're we're half past 12 now. Well, actually, quarter to one. Quarter to 1 a.m. So, well, no. Early days for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the Yard Dogs podcast, Pete. It's it's good to have you on. Now, I do have a question. How how long have you been a Browns fan? Oh, 30. I can go back to 86, 85. So okay. 35, 36 years. Okay. Um, take away the two that it didn't exist. Oh, I yeah, wasn't yeah, a yeah. fan of any <laughs> two years so. Probably 34, then 34. Oh, awesome. 34 years. Thick and thin. I think that me and you, uh, Pete, I think we've been Browns fans right around the same time. Um, Yeah, 85, somewhere around there. That's when I really started getting into football. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's when it all started. Well, that's awesome. I remember Bernie. I don't don't really remember Brian Sype too much. But I do remember the changeover, and that's just about the same time I jumped in as well. So that's that. What would, when would that have been? That, that's got to be mid eighties, mid eighties, eighty five. Yeah, eighty five, probably eighty five, eighty five, yeah. eighty six. You know, from you know, um, there's, there's some great teams. Honest, all, all, all I had then 
was a dial-up connection and occasional radio commentary. So you can imagine how the internet was in the mid-80s, okay? And we had play-by-play downloaded (laughs) (laughs) through dial-up. It was embarrassing, but that's my fandom. I love it. (laughs) Can I say? That's that's all that matters. (laughs) Hard times, but there we go. Here I am. Well, welcome to the Yard Dogs podcast. We're going to get into the show now, Pete. Uh, we're going to get into some some of the latest headlines from uh, the Browns headquarters. We're going to get into Baker drama. At uh, let's let's just get right into that. He's he's been in the news lately, um, following the post game after what would be described as not a very good performance by Baker Mayfield. He actually skipped the post game press conferences. Dodged everybody and, and just went home after that. Um, Pete, what is your take about that? I mean, I, I get I've just found out that that's very uncommon for a quarterback to to miss the post game press conference. Do you, did you read anything into that? Are you good with it? Where are you at? It's it's unheard of, and we, we feared the worst because we heard all sorts of stories about the, at the end of the game, uh, fans booing him. I didn't hear that myself, but. I mean, what must have been going through his mind is, ugh, I just want to get out of here. I know he's bashed up, he's injured, he's. We've won the game at the end of the day, all right. I woke up the same as you guys woke up on a Monday. It's a W in the column. I don't care how we got there. It's it's a W, all right. Mm-hmm. So, I think he's going to get fined because it's an NFL protocol, isn't it? That the quarterbacks go on and do a. Uh, they are supposed to do post game post game press conference. He may get off on it if he did have to go, uh, you know, for any treatment or anything like that. It's very, you know, yeah. it, it makes sense if uh, if he went to get treatment, but you know, it would make also make sense if the team would have said, "Hey, uh, Baker will not be taking any doing any interviews due today to uh, to take immediate treatment." But it doesn't seem like that was the case. Uh, and if it was the case, then the team didn't do a very good job of relaying that information. But it, it just no. kind of makes – it puts him in a bad light, um, almost like, you know, hey, if, if you're going to talk to the media when times are good, you got to talk to the media. Fair comment, fair comment. Good and bad. Yeah, no, fair comment. Yeah. I was, I was a little bit – probably a little bit upset about was um, – was the facts of what his wife said or, or didn't say or reportedly may have said or shared about the uh, the uh, comments about the, the rest of the team having to right. play through her as well. Well, why can't they do it? It's like, oh, just I'm not a fan of wives doing it. I know she's a wife and she's sticking up for her husband. Right. What, what, you'd want your wife to do that, but not in this arena. It's, it, it's not going to help because all it's going to do is polarise both sides of the argument, Baker haters, Baker lovers. It's, it's. I don't see how that's going to help. But and she backtracked on that too a little bit. I noticed that she did. I think so. And and that's what happens a lot of times on social media. I mean, I did it early on with, with Twitter and Facebook. You know, I'd see something on Facebook and I'd share a meme that I thought was funny. And then you're like, you start reading it like, wait a second, uh, I'm going to delete this because this might come off wrong to somebody else. And I think that happens a lot of times. Like she's seen something that looked, she probably only read the first five lines, which talks Um, about his toughness. She didn't read the rest of it. And you got to be careful sometimes because 
if you didn't write it and you're sharing it, um, then it's going to come out that you believe it. And she tried to back, she backtracked and apologized for it. And she immediately took it down. Uh, but you know, in this day and age, when everybody's everybody's got a blow, like it doesn't matter what it is. If it's Baker related, Browns related, or anything else related, it's like social media just takes stuff and just. It's like a throwing gasoline on you know on a fire just 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 blows it up and just people need to calm down just relax enjoy <laughs> life get off social media for a little while spend some time with your kids watch the game watch some highlights just have fun like I think we need to all step back as fans like I'm as heated and Jason Jason will tell you this. I'm as heated as most fans. Like I, I text him throughout the game. He's like, "Oh yeah." So I'm even trying to 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 tell myself, like, relax, like, just relax, and and just remember, it's like, at the end of the day, it's just a game. We all got to get up and go to work the next morning. These guys are trying. None of these guys are purposely trying to be bad at their job. They're just they're just going through something and maybe struggling. And realize that maybe we, you know, we all go through that. And I sit there and think about, you know, times in my life when I've struggled or had issues or anything going on, a support system has always been there for me. And I think maybe as fans, we need to be that support system in this kind of situation. Right. And and eventually they'll either they they'll either pull through it or, or they won't. So we just See, need to relax a little bit. Some people hearing that Mikey P would call you a Baker apologist. Is that what we're hearing right yeah. now? I'm just kidding. No, I'm, not a, I'm not a Baker apologist. It, I'm just like, kidding. You, I, I, I can I can go out and I can not boo someone and tell someone like I don't need to tell someone that they suck <laughs> and boo them to get my point across. Like at I I coach people every day. I have never once told someone that I coach that they've ever sucked. I said, hey, no. you do these things really well. These are the areas where we need to improve. And as fans, sometimes we need to realize that would we want someone coming to our job and booing us? No, I don't. Did, I just don't like ever booing your own team. You boo oh. the other team. You don't boo your own team. Like, was that actually? Just, did that actually genuinely happen? Because I didn't hear it. I've just heard it happened. There was times uh, during the game where, you know, they were in that interception. He got booed. There was an incomplete pass where he got booed. And I know people are frustrated. And I think what we're seeing right. And I think what we're seeing is is a culmination of a lot of things. Like I get it. I've been through since nineteen ninety nine. I know things haven't been great, but things aren't all dead in the water right now. You're six and five. You have your season where you want it. Like your schedule's laid out. People are like, oh, it's a tough schedule. It's like, oh, you have you have the, the season where you want it. We're six and five right now. And we're what a game and a half out of first place. Last year we were seven and three and three full games out of first place. Like the division Ooh. crown was not even a realm of possibility. It was going for the wild card only. This year there's a chance. Like nobody's asserting themselves as the top dog in the AFC and NFC, like team plays well for a couple weeks and then they have a, a crappy game. Like it's, you know, it's a lot of oddness. There's, and that's what happens in today's NFL. It's like the game is very competitive. That Detroit Lions seems 0-9 and 1 now, but they're better than 0-9 and 1. Oh yeah. That is not an 0-9 and 1 football. 
<clears throat> oh, well, they've been a crossbar, haven't they? They've taken no. Baltimore out. So. <laughs> yeah, they, let's be honest. They tied Pittsburgh, and they should have beat Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's several games that they could have they could have won. Like they're not they're that was not a freaky the, kick, wasn't it? That was a freaky the, kick, that ball <laughs> kick. <laughs> Gee whiz. That's sixty-six yards or something. Wow. <laughs> hey. All right, so we have some other news. Uh, Kareem Hunt is back. Uh, it's it's been reported today that uh, he, he'll he'll be back for Sunday, and in fact, he is quoted as saying, "I'm coming back, and I'm bringing the fire." Well, Cleveland needs Ooh. fire right now. Pete, what are yeah. your thoughts on Kareem Hunt coming back for this game on Sunday night? Please, please, a one-two punch. We um we coined the phrase in the BFO group that when uh, Chubb and Hunt play together. It's rhythm and bruise. <laughs> That's a good That's one. Their That's their nicknames in our group. And we are so much better when them two are playing together. There's no two ways about it. And, and, and it takes the heat off of Baker. And, and it takes the heat off of Coach Kev and is, is sometimes questionable play calling. It makes things so much easier for everybody. And I don't expect Baltimore defense are going to be too happy about that either because they're <laughs> i think we've got it i think we've got it mikey p your your thoughts cream hunt coming back just in time right when we need him i think he's coming back just right when we need it we need a little spark i think when uh chubb came back against cincinnati that gave a spark that game um and then we kind of lost that spark when you know he's out with the COVID issues in against new england but i i think what we've you know we i I believe I've known this, and this is one thing I always say about a team. It doesn't matter what what sport you play. Identity is key. you got to know what kind of team you are. And we have to understand, and I, and I think Stefanski's starting to understand this, like we are a team that excels at running the ball, playing smash-mouth football, and using play action to set up our passive game. That's, that should be our identity, like. You don't need to worry about, oh, we need to go five wide here in this situation. Like, that's the identity of our football team. You look at Baltimore, their, their identity is they run a ton of RPO and they run Lamar Jackson in the pistol to get their running backs going and it helps get Lamar going. Um, you look at the Patriots, their identity right now is um, smash mouth football, running the ball up the middle. Um, using their offensive line as their strength and keeping Mac Jones upright and getting the ball out quick with short, shallow, and crossing patterns. Like everyone should have an identity. I think what Stefanski, I hope that he's realized that that's our identity. We run the football and we set up play action, and it helps make Baker a better quarterback. If he if he doesn't know that's our identity, he should do. <laughs> he damn well should. That's how you play football in the north in the winter. It's a simple fact. Absolutely. You like, you're, you're not throwing the ball 50 <laughs> times. You're not, you're not going to throw the ball 50 times. Like, very few teams can throw the ball 50 times a game. Like, people talk about this other, like, oh, well, they, they need to be able to throw 50 times a game. Most of the times, if you're throwing the ball 50 times a game, you lose. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure we could pull the stats and look at. Quarterbacks who have thrown the ball more than 45 attempts a game, I guarantee you they all have a losing record. There is not a winning record in that group. Okay. That's interesting. All right. <clears throat> That's a good call. 
Well, we have a lot of Facebook comments for you, Pete. Excited to see you. And uh, they like you, uh, Mikey P. A bunch of positive comments about you. And, and then we just had a comment uh, about Kareem Hunt. He's, he's going to run good, somebody said on Facebook. So a lot of people excited to see Kareem Hunt. Uh, so am I, and so are you guys. The final uh, latest news, Miles Garrett, did you see him at the Cavs game last night? He was uh, sitting courtside, had the big bag of popcorn, looked like he was having a good time. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I've only seen pictures, but yes, yeah. No, good for him. <laughs> it, the man had a smile on his face, is what I can see. Okay. Um, and he was reportedly had a few issues with the with the defensive coaches possibly in, in the week and that um, might have been a distraction to him. But so he's decided, do you know what? I'm going to go to the game. I'm going to go to the basketball game. I'm going to enjoy myself. And it was nice to see. Mm-hmm. And a good reception by all accounts. I think yeah. he could have suited up and balled out. What do you think, Mikey P? <laughs> he's, he's a baller. Yeah. He's, he's good for 10, 12 minutes at, at the four. <laughs> what about the four position? He's good for 10 to 12 minutes. He's, yeah, definitely, definitely. He, he, yeah, he could go out there and play. We've all seen the the videos on the off season, him dunking and alley oops and blocking shots. Like, he's he's just a freak of nature. Miles Garrett is a beast, and I'm so glad that he's on our team. He's awesome. He's one of those uh, special athletes that no matter what he does, uh, he could probably play any sport. He'd probably put it, give him a tennis racket, and he'd be halfway decent at tennis. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's get into the let's get into the Browns versus Lions recap. Uh, the Browns won a close one. They did. They won a close one, thirteen to to ten. The Browns uh, come away with two touchdowns. One Jarvis Landry Wildcat. We'll probably talk about that. And then, of course, Nick Chubb found the end zone. It was a close game. Uh, you know, if you listen to last week's show, it was a game that I didn't think was going to be close. Mikey P, you agreed. But but we did come away with the victory. It, it was not pretty at all. It was not a pretty win. But this is a game of football. Sometimes wins are not pretty, and, and that was certainly the case of the Cleveland Browns. Pete, what did you think about uh, what you saw on Sunday, Browns versus Lions? Well, I think I said, before I woke up Monday morning, the same as you guys, and there was a W in the column. Okay, yeah. um, matters not if we win by one or we win by thirty-one. It's a win. Okay, it's a lot closer than it should have been, to be fair. But factor in a lot of things, conditions, shocking conditions to play a game of football in. Come on, I mean, we, you, you've got your your kickers missing. Pats and, and and he missed a field goal as well, didn't he, our guy? Um, yeah. It wasn't windy. It wasn't windy. It was just a horrible, horrible condition day. Um, penalties, okay, is what I see. Um, thank goodness the Lions got the, the stupidest penalties ever. This is why they're nine and zero oh and nine or whatever they are. It's the penalties. We've been there. We had a team that did that. Self in mm-hmm. self inflicted wounds but the thing is why are we still having um guys lining up wrong and getting penalized for it why is that still happening i don't understand that because that happened again didn't it on sunday that's yeah, it's pretty snap penalties on our point so i'm sorry if i'm being a bit negative but we've got to tidy this up man because i think we're one of the um 
we're probably one of the worst penalised teams in the NFL. I, don't, I haven't got the stats. I'm not a stats man, but it's got to be close. We are suffering so many silly penalties. And it's, it's not all down to the referees. I mean, when you line up wrong, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot, aren't you? So yeah, I think there were a lot of holding penalties in this game, too. They finally saw some then, did they? <laughs> I mean, uh, Wyatt Sorry, Teller, uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, Wyatt Teller didn't have a great game. Just, he just had three... Pre-snap penalties. Uh, just what is going on there, lads? What, what are we training and coaching? What are we doing during the week? Surely. <laughs> Not still happening, is it? But, uh, no, there's, there's there's other things, but I'll, I don't want to hog the stage. I'll come back. Come back to me and I've got some more stuff as well. <laughs> I had mentioned I had mentioned the the wildcat play with Jarvis Landry. To me, that was one of the highlights of the game. I believe that was the 16 yard run by Jarvis Landry. Baker Mayfield lined up on the right. Jarvis Landry takes a direct snap and runs in the end zone. Mikey P, what did you think about that play, man? I know you're jumping up and down excited. Oh, I mean, he that was a broken play because that's not what it was designed. He was he was going to throw that ball. Uh, throw it originally, and uh, he just broke it back yeah. in the middle, and their defense lost. Their defense lost containment um, out on the edge, and basically what, what happened is they the linebackers got washed out on that play, and the safeties were so far back in the end zone. But that when Landry broke free, you have you see that happening all the time with quarterbacks too on plays like that broken plays. I mean, he just that middle of the field just parted the Red Sea, and he just ran it in uh, and got that touchdown. And that was, and that was a that was a that was a big play. Um, kind of uh, got got the ball rolling for us too. I thought offensively after that we were going to start clicking, um, but then the next series we kind of struggled, um, and then we missed the field goal, um, and then from there, like we, I mean, we didn't we couldn't move the ball except for when you know um, Chubb was running the ball, and uh, it just felt like there was times where uh, Baker had guys open and. You know, I don't know if it's the injuries, and, and that's another thing I, I want to kind of talk about too is like if he is that injured and he can't make some of these throws, then you know, maybe it is sit him down. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna sit a guy down, like this would be the week to do it. Sit him down, let him rest this week, um, give Case Keenum a, sh- a a shot, and then let him get two weeks to kind of heal his body up. I mean, just because uh if, if he's that bad off where some of the throws he was missing um or problem it could also be the rain i mean the it was cold it was wet um i remember troy aikman uh great quarterback big hands strong strong quarterback huge arm could not throw in the rain and to this day will tell you that he hated and had his worst games in the rain he just was terrible when when it was wet he, he couldn't throw the ball um so i mean maybe baker does have issues i mean some of his worst games last year uh, where you know we won against Philadelphia, we lost against the Raiders. Where games where it was windy and rainy, and uh, uh, that's something also con- consider too. Like some guys, okay. just uh, you know, they they let those elements kind of. I think Baker sometimes struggles with like mental confidence. That's why he's always so like my back's against the wall. He plays well when he's got this chip on his shoulder, so he's always trying to like put these chips on his shoulder, and that's fine. That that's his thing. Um, but maybe mentally sometimes you start thinking like, oh, it's raining. I need to, to do this. I need to do this. And sometimes you just – you psych yourself out and you, you mess yourself. Like you live in your own head 
and mentally, like you make the game harder. There, there's been a lot of, of talk about should Baker play, should he sit, should he play, should he sit. The, the fans are really divided on this. In fact, I would say most fans would want him to sit and rest. Why, why do you think Kevin Stefanski and the training staff is, is so against sitting him if, in fact, that's what he needs? And why, why don't they play Case Keenum? I, you know, last week would have probably been the perfect time for this, but they, they played Baker. Where do you stand, sit on this, uh, Pete? The, the, I think spin it a little bit and ask, ask the question. I don't know why the, the coaching staff or, or the front office or Mr. Haslam even himself, why, why they want Baker to keep playing and keep playing. But the question's got to be, is a hurt, bashed-up Baker still better than a fit Case Keenum? Okay. And if you're not going to trust Keenan to come into the game against the Lions, okay, what game are you going to trust him to come into? This is from the co- for the coaches to answer. I know my answer. I'd say I'd sit, I'd have sat Baker down in the third quarter and say, Keenan's got this. Yeah, you, you would think if, if they're going to sit Baker, it would have been against the Lions. So I, I don't know, man. Do I, I, I kind of feel like... <laughs> you know, if you can't trust him against the Lions, then who can you trust him against? That's statistically the worst team in the NFL. So I think Baker's going to start, don't you? According to them, the coaches. So <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like um, you know we're we're kind of past that point now. I mean, unless Baker further injured himself during the Lions game, I have no idea. But if he's feeling the exact same that he felt, you know, before the Lions game, I, I think he's playing against the Ravens. Your thoughts, yeah. Mikey P? I mean, yeah. If, uh, I, I'm, I really have a dilemma about this because your quarterback's never going to say that he's too injured to play. Like, even the week that he didn't play, um, if it would have been his decision, he would have played. Like, a player is not most of the time – very, very few players – are ever going to want to take it out of their uh, their own hands. Um, at some point, the the training staff and the coach has to make that call. And I want to trust them, but um, if we had a backup that we weren't paying $6 million, like Case Kingdom is a playoff caliber quarterback. He started games. He's won games in this league. Like, um I really don't understand why. Like, I thought last week would have been the perfect opportunity to kind of sit him um, and, you know, let him get that week uh, of healthy. Just because, I mean, it's a lot. I mean, it literally was like that song, Head, Shoulders, Knees, and Toes. Like, he's <laughs> literally got every single one of those injuries. Like, at some point, like, like you can only take a beating for so long and uh, and it not impact uh, your your style of play and your, the way you play the game. Well, one guy that did play the game very well this past Sunday was Nick Chubb. Um, Nick Chubb r- r- held the ball 22 times for 130 yards, an average of 5.9 yards per carry. He also had a receiving touchdown. He was one of our only two touchdowns of the, the day. Pete, you're a Nick Chubb fan. Oh, 
tell tell us up. tell us what you thought about him Sunday versus the Lions, man. Um, boy, oh boy, did we need him back. <laughs> um, I I don't know how seriously ill he was from the COVID. Whether it was just a just a double positive testing because we all have these problems over here as well. We've got no symptoms, mm-hmm. but we're still coming down with positive tests. So anyway, enough about that. Um, Nick Chubb, well, I've said for for many, many, many a year now that I'd, I'd see greatness right in front of me here. And to actually being at the stadium to watch this man play is in 10 years' time or 15 years' time and 20 years' time, it's going to be a privilege to say I was there and I saw him play. I, I really do feel that strongly about it. He's as good as Jim Brown. And the stats are backing that up. Um not going to say he's ever going to surpass Mr. Brown. No way. No way. I'm not saying that. But he's going to be a very, very close second. That guy is mm-hmm. going to go into the Hall of Fame. That's how strongly I feel about Nick Chubb. And he's such a nice guy as well. You see him sit down on, on the bench, on the touchline, and he's Mr. Calm in the storm. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Dependable. That's how, how strongly I feel about him. Um he just does what he does, doesn't he? You can see his his thought processes as he's going um, A slot, B slot, D, C, D, whatever. And he's got so many options. Um, and he follows he follows Wyatt Teller. He follows him all over the park. I think if you wanted to try and defend Nick Chubb, you've really got to try and stop Wyatt Teller. I don't know. Perhaps I'm a bit of a stuck record on that because uh, everybody knows how big I am on my teller, but um, there you go. This guy is, um, he's going to be Hall of Fame. He's going to be Hall of Fame. We, we already <laughs> mentioned that Kareem Hunt is coming back this week. It Sometimes as a, as a Browns fan, as big as Browns fans as, as we are and our viewers are, it's 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 sometimes you just forget how good these this duo is with Kareem Hunt Ooh. and Nick Chubb. We haven't seen this in a little while, and the Ooh. last time we did see it, our offense was clicking and we were moving the ball down the field. So maybe maybe this will you know you mentioned it, Mikey P, a little earlier. Maybe this is just what the the spark that the Browns offense needs this Sunday against the Ravens. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's, it's going to be the spark that we need. Like, it, it, I feel like Kareem Hunt coming out there. I think everyone's going to be a little extra juiced. Uh, it's a primetime game Sunday night. Yes. Sunday night football. Uh, I think the player's going to be jacked. It's a division rival. Um, so the juice is already there. And I think adding Kareem Hunt back there um, definitely uh, is going to uh, ignite. And I think I think Baker's really going to come out um, – with something to prove this week. I think he's, um, if that's what it takes, like if, if we need to, you know, I'm not a big fan of, but like if all of a sudden he throws for 250 yards and we win the game, we run the ball and he plays amazing this week, then we're just going to start booing him every week, whether we win or lose. Like, <laughs> cause if that's what it takes to, you know, to get that chip on his shoulder, um, then I'm all for it. But, uh, that's what everybody was that's what they were all doing, <laughs> trying to motivate him, not not booing him, just trying to That's motivate him. I get it now. Right? I get it. <laughs> 
Mikey P, we had we had Garrett Bush on the the show a couple weeks ago, and one of the things that he said during that interview really stuck with me. He said, you, "That's the beauty about sports is that in one week you can change the narrative completely." So we have a chance to change the narrative. We we've not we've not played well over the past couple weeks on offense. But, you know, this is a brand new week, and I can promise you, if the Browns go out and perform and beat Baltimore Ravens, which we're going to preview that game in just a minute, let bygones be bygones. I think that, that you know, we'll, we'll be forgiving uh, the what Baker Mayfield has done the past couple weeks with one solid game against the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, absolutely. They would, uh, they would easily forget everything that's gone on and – uh, everything would be uh, right in the world, especially because you go into a bye week, and everyone loves like you have the ability to go into a bye week with a win. Like it just, it just gives you so much confidence coming uh, going into that bye as opposed to going into a bye with a loss. Um, so, like I said, they they have they have a way to. Uh, it's funny because fans will be right back like, "Oh, Baker's the guy, ride with six, you know, and stuff like that." It's like um, you you don't have to like be fully committed to somebody like where you can't, you know, critique their play. Uh, but you also just don't want to be the type of person that's just like, this guy sucks and I can't stand him. It's like, you know what? He's our quarterback. Like we need to remember that we, we once got behind Johnny Menzel, so we can get behind him. Who has to save you? Well, we talked about the offensive side of the ball. Let's let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. Um, we we didn't have a sack this past game. We we did pressure him a bunch. We just couldn't quite get to him as far as sacks concerned. But we did pick him off twice. Denzel Ward and both uh, Malcolm Smith both got interceptions. Pete, what was your thoughts on the defensive performance for the Cleveland Browns? Um, as I said before, I'm not I'm not a real big stats guy, but I do know that we um. We, we held them to well under 100 passing yards. Uh, well under 100. I'm pretty mm-hmm. certain of that. Um, oh, yeah, I, we shut down their passing yards. <clears throat> yeah, 70-something yards. I just, I just can't explain the anomalies that the, the, the defence suffer. They look so superb one week, and then they put back-to-back games, I think, where there was like a, an average of 15 points over the three games or one stretch of the season and then the next week they go for 45-50 again it's, I just don't I don't think they're aggressive enough quite honestly um, we're going to come on to the Baltimore thing in a minute but they've how do you how do you <laughs> I, I don't want to really put to any individual players away because that's that's not what it's about but I don't honestly think our secondary is physically big enough. They're quick. They're quick guys. They, they're not beefy guys. When you compare to other other teams, you just think they. I'm not saying they look skinny or anything like that. They're, they're rapid guys. But my only problem with the D is once you make the tackle, um, you, you've got to you've got to stop the man. Or you've got to get the man down. And time and time again, we we've seen in our bad weeks that the the gain after tackle for the opposition offense is always it's minus five yards every time and you think how do we stop that do they just need to be bigger well 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But we've definitely got to be more aggressive. It's 1-0 now, isn't it? For every single week. And we've got to be more aggressive. I can't blame the line. I'm not blaming the line. It's the, the secondaries. Yeah? And, no, I, I, don't I, I definitely agree with you, Pete. Uh, as far as the aggressiveness of the defense, I feel like we play a lot of coverage shells and like to run a lot of what I like to refer to as a soft zone defense. Soft um, zone. Yeah. I think Joe Wood's philosophy is his belief is we have a good enough front four that we can get home and run those soft zone to where you're not leaving your corners on islands or stuff like that. But the only thing with that is in today's NFL, I mean, you, you would have to have four pro bowl and the last defensive line that even had like three pro bowlers on it was the 49ers that went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. They had three pro bowlers on there, but even them, they couldn't, they couldn't consistently get home to Pat Mahomes. You just can't do it. And especially with a rookie quarterback, you don't want to give him any confidence at all. Like you want to blitz him and you want to speed up his internal clock. You want to speed up every quarterback's internal clock. Um, but you want to also disguise your blitzes and you don't have to blitz every time, but you do need to blitz enough to where um, you're, you're, uh, you're lined up in a position that the quarterback can't, re can't relate is, is this a? Is this? Are they? Are they bringing five? Are they bringing six? Or are they just bringing four? Because you can bring guys to the line. It looks like you're bringing six and still bring your four. But what that does is it's that whole time that quarterback's internal clock is being sped up. That's what we need to do more of. And I think Joe Woods um, just doesn't do that enough. And in today's NFL, like you got to be aggressive. You got to be aggressive on offense. You got to be aggressive on defense. Marcus Donald on Facebook, uh, listener says Joe Woods needs to blitz more. Mikey P. Marcus knows what he's talking about. Yeah, it, it, it seemed like they're get, putting pressure a, a lot on on that rookie quarterback. Um, you, you know, forcing them to make real quick decisions, bad throws. They just weren't getting to him as as far as the sack, but they did force two turnovers. So, and they held him to ten points. Now I know it's the Detroit Lions, but it's still a professional football team. They held them to ten points, which which I mm -hmm. thought was was really good. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yes, I mean good yeah, defense Very played. Good. Defense played well enough for us to win the game. Um, it just seems like they're not consistent with it. Like uh, I think when we play a good offense, our defense gets exposed a little bit. When we play an offense that's not very good, the defense has played well. Like. Um, I need to see us do it against a pretty good offense. Uh, pulls out like against. I thought we played really well against Cincinnati, who has a good offense, you know. Um, mm. But that was the game. Uh, coincidentally, we blitzed the most uh, mm -hmm. out of all season. We're the few, we we blitzed the fewest of any team in the National Football League. We are thirty second in blitz percentage. We blitzed the most we've ever blitzed the whole season in that Cincinnati game. Coincidentally, it's one of the best defensive games. We forced a lot of turnovers. Um, we forced Joe Burrow to make quick decisions. Well, Mikey we have Pace. a game. We, we have a game Mikey. this week, boys. Um, Browns versus Ravens. Um, in my opinion, our season is it's pretty much going to be decided in the next three weeks. 
yeah. we we play the Ravens this week, then we have a bye, then we play the Ravens again. So these next two games are important. Hate is a real strong word. Hate is I don't like yeah. to use the word hate, but Pete, who do you dislike more? Steelers or Ravens? Oh, that's a hell of a question. That is a hell of a question. <laughs> um, obviously, historically, uh, from from my own personal history, I hate the Ravens. I hate the Ravens. Um, I don't think it's entirely their fault. It's, it's Mr. Modell's fault. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But... I hate the Steelers more. I'm sorry, it's a strong word, but it's... No, I don't like the Steelers. They're very loud over here in the UK, and they don't like... They like telling us all about it as well. But, hey, like you say, hate's hates a horrible word. I'll spin that round to say uh, I love my Browns more than anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Mikey P., I think I know where you stand on this. I... uh, the, The Steelers are my first hate. Like they say you always remember your first love. I remember my first hate. Um, I don't like the Ravens. You know, obviously, a big part of it is the Modell thing. But uh, if it comes down to it, I'll always root for – the only time I root for the Ravens to win is when they're playing uh, Pittsburgh. Yes, that's very fair. That, that's, the fair. that's the best way of putting it. If the Ravens were playing the Steelers, who would you want to win? <laughs> It's the fans for me. Um, I don't know. I know a few Ravens fans, and they're pretty, um, you know, we, we have friendly banter. But Steelers yeah. fans, you just a lot of times can't even have rational conversations with without them, uh, you know, talking craziness sometimes. Or, or they always got to bring up, you know, that they had the six Super Bowls. Or um, they're, it's, they're just sometimes they're unbearable. That translates right, so, itself to the pond as well, you know. It's exactly the same over here. Would you believe it? <laughs> that's, that's, that travels across the pond exactly the same. Steelers fans are always in the rear hole. Oh, don't. <laughs> now, what, uh, a Facebook user says, and I'm sorry, I can't see a lot of the names, but it says, when it comes to Ravens and Steelers, whoever has the better record, I cheer against. That's a good way to do it. I, I could get on board with that. That's not that's a good way to think about it. Yeah, whichever one you need to win at the time, I guess. <laughs> it's very well, sane. It's a very sane way of doing it. <laughs> the Ravens are seven and three. The Browns are six and five. The Ravens, uh, the Ravens wins. Let's let's look at that. So they beat the Chiefs by one point. They beat the Lions by two points. They they destroyed the Broncos twenty three to seven. They beat the Colts by six points. Uh, they this was surprising. They they took it to the house against the Chargers thirty four to six, and the Vikings thirty one thirty four, and the Bears sixteen to thirteen. So with the exception of the Broncos and the the Chargers, the Ravens have fought a lot of close games and they've won a lot of close games. Their losses they lose to the Raiders. They lose to the Bengals. That's when we really thought, okay, the Bengals might be doing something this year, was that win right there. And then they they lose to the Dolphins. Our last game against the Ravens was December 14th of last year. You guys remember this one. The Ravens won 
47 to 42. It was a fantastic game. The only bad thing about the game was we we didn't walk away with the victory. Mikey P, our last 20 meetings against the Ravens, the Browns are 4 and 16. Of those wins, two of those were in overtime, and the Ravens lead the overall series 33 to 11 and 1. Mikey P, why do the Ravens have our numbers over the past couple decades? I mean, well, if you look at most teams since 99, uh, they've only played us since 99, which has been some of our leaner years. So that's a bit, that's a big, that's a big part of it. Um, but I, I, I sometimes feel like before I don't, I don't get that way with this team. I feel like this team doesn't let people punk them around. I feel like before when we used to play our rivals, like the Steelers and the Ravens, they, they kind of always got off the bus knowing they were going to beat us. And uh, and could get us off our game pretty quick. Um, I don't feel like that way with this team. I feel like this team, you know, has confidence isn't and isn't afraid to play anybody. Um, but going to Baltimore um, on a Sunday night, it's not going to be an easy game, not by any any means. Um, and looking at last week's game, you can't really tell a lot about Baltimore um, because. Uh, I mean, they didn't. They didn't have Lamar Jackson. They won that game with their backup quarterback, but they played the Bears with their backup quarterback because Justin Fields went out too. So that was an odd game last week that they they managed to always somehow pull out. It just seems like when it comes down to it, um, they believe they just believe that they're going to be able to win the game, and that's why I think they pulled so many. Uh, I call it rabbits out of their hat this this year. People call it luck, but I'm like, they're definitely. Um, they're doing some magical stuff with like pulling some of these wins out. Like they just, they just believe in their system. They believe that no matter who's back there. I mean, even last year we lost that game. Uh, uh, who was the uh, quarterback that came in and he got, he hurt his knee. Uh, the quarterback from Penn state, can't remember his name when Lamar went out. Like if he doesn't make that key fourth down throw, like Lamar never gets to come in that game and, and make that touchdown pass. Mm. Pete, what are your thoughts about this game? I mean, the Browns, this is our season right here. We we need it. This is an important game. We need to come away with the win. How how do we uh, go in there and compete and come away with the win against the Ravens on Sunday night? Simple, simple answer. It, apart from the fact it's 1-0 now, 1-0 every single week now, okay? If mm-hmm. you want to think about playoffs, the playoff running starts now, okay? How do we beat the Ravens? Go and have a look at the footage of the Finns game. Simple. <laughs> stop Jackson. Stop Hollywood. Um, Marquise Hollywood. Um, <clears throat> Jones, is it? The, uh, the Brown. Sorry, yeah. <clears throat> sorry, I've got a bit of a, <laughs> a, bit of a cop fan on there. Stop those two. Um, and that's exactly how you win that game. Be aggressive on the defence. Right, we've, we've already touched on this subject, haven't it? Mr Woods, listen. listen, Look and learn. Listen. We're telling you. Armchair coaches around the world, we're telling you. Be more aggressive on defence. Get in Jackson's face. Starve him of half a second. Once that happens, see it time and time again in the Finns game, he was rushed. Okay, I think Mikey P's already touched on this subject as well. When you push and you rush any quarterback... Their thought processes sometimes get a bit scrambled, don't they? Okay, and that's exactly what the Dolphins did to him. And that was it. I'm sure he had a few running yards, but 
At the end of the day, they pressured him for four quarters. Mm -hmm. 60 minutes they, they pressured him and he, they came up short. That's how we do it. And we're capable. We've got the personnel to do it. Absolutely. Our coach is brave. Mikey it's P, how big of a game is this for our linebackers and especially our strong safety? You know, Lamar Jackson, he, he, he can wreck a game. He really can. We've seen it happen a lot. Um, if he does get past our front four, I mean, this is a big game for the linebackers, correct? Yeah, this is going to be a big game for your linebackers. This is the game where you need a, um, a Jeremiah Wusu koromoa to really uh, show out this game. Um, yes. And you're going to need to stay in your rushing lanes. That's a big thing. I've, one thing I've noticed is sometimes we get a little aggressive with our front four. Um, and you want to to a point, but it's uh, it's called I call it contained madness. You still got to maintain your rushing lanes and play your assignments because Lamar is the type of guy when a play breaks down, he can turn it into a big play. Mm. Yeah, yeah uh, Lamar Jackson is is a he's a threat. You know, he he can beat you with his legs, he can beat you with his arms, he can put a game on his shoulders. You know, the, the Ravens, uh, they've won a lot of close games, and we've talked about this a little bit, but that's that's what good teams do. That's what I want to see the Browns, their next step of, you know, these close games. And we were in a lot of close games this year. We just came on the wrong side of it, uh, a couple of big games. Um, mm. But but this this game, what do you think the – Pete, I'm going to ask you this question. What uh, – what do the Browns need to do as far as the keys to their success, especially on the offensive side of the ball? How, how, how do you uh, attack the, the Ravens' defense? How do we really attack the Ravens' defense? Um, well, <clears throat> we've got the, the best one-two punch, haven't we, in the whole of the NFL and have had and probably for the past decade or more. It's, it, it wear them down. Wear them down. I don't care if we don't score 20 points in the first half. If we score just three or something like that, you've worn them down. Wear them down. Punch, 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 punch all the way. No, no team's going to want to do that. And, of course, it's going to help preserve a little bit. It's going to help preserve Baker. All right? But the only issue is don't be running the ball every single down. Three downs. They've got eight or nine in the box, and we're trying to run it up the middle. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's screaming out for screenplays, isn't it? So, armchair coach again. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I do think the Browns need, need to run the ball a lot this game, and they do have the best one-two punch in the league, maybe the best one-two-three. I mean – you know, Dearness Johnson has filled in some pretty big shoes. We appreciate him. Demetric Felton, you know, he's been described. Mikey P, you said he's a great gadget player. Um, do you see him being involved in this game? Uh, I could see Demetric Felton getting some more involvement. Uh, I noticed they, they tried to use him a little bit more last week, um, you know, coming back from COVID. He didn't come back into the offense uh until later in the week, till he cleared COVID protocol, so he didn't really get a full week of practice. Um, so he's a little different type of player than Chubb is. Like, you know, Chubb Chubb knows his role. Where uh, Felton uh, Felton a lot of times is used in the slot. Uh, they can use him in the backfield. Um, so I'd like to see them uh, utilize and get him more. And 
you know, hopefully we can get that EPA. Yeah, on special things, was not That's a big thing we need too is to get DPJ back in there, because um, he just gives you a different look at that wide receiver position. Uh, he's the he's that big possession uh, type receiver uh, when Baker gets in a pinch, and um, you know, hopefully we can utilize and use our weapons this week. And uh, I'm not big on ever criticizing like offensive play calling, um, but I, I feel like. Uh, We've been uh, very vanilla, very, very vanilla lately. The Bra- uh, I'm sorry, not the Browns, but the, the Ravens uh, running game. Um, is, is that a concern for this game? I mean, we, we know that Lamar Jackson's probably the best running back they have, but they, they've had some injuries as far as running backs. I'm just looking at their uh, players now. Um, who they have at that uh, running back? Um, they got Devontae Freeman is, is pretty much their starting running back right now. Um, they released Le'Veon Bell, so they don't have him anymore out there. Um, I mean, the Ravens' identity is always going to be run the ball, no matter who's back there. They they could sign uh, you know the three of us, and they're probably going to give us all ten carries uh, this Sunday if if they could. Um, because it's just the way that they, like I said, it gets back to that's what their identity is, and they don't stray away from it, no matter who's back there. And that's that's a big thing on belief. Like when people believe in a system, they believe in something because no matter what happens, they're gonna stick with what's reliable and what's what's worked for them in the past. Because probably probably my, my probably my point was the very fact that we we get Kareem back now um, mm-hmm. with Nick. And and uh, RB three, um, what well, I can't think of a think, think the little lad's name, Pinball. They call him can't, Johnson. Um, <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's our identity. It's a simple fact. We've we've got our identity back. And can we keep him fit? Keep him on the park. That's that's the key mm-hmm. to it now. That is our identity. Last last year. I- I talked about the growth of the team, the growth of the Cleveland Browns, and there's there's different steps. Um, one of the steps is to be competitive in your own division. And I thought that it was time that, that we start uh, winning games against the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. And we've actually taken a step towards that against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're still a threat. They won the last game. But last year, I mean, we beat them week 17. We also beat them the wild card game. The Ravens, we haven't quite gotten over that hurdle yet. I think that these next two weeks are going to show us a lot, a lot about this football team. It's going to be very important that we at least split with the with the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I got to tell you guys, I want this game in Baltimore, and I want it bad because there would be nothing better than to beat the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore, go to the bye, and then have that second game in Cleveland with a rowdy First Energy Stadium. As long as we can keep them quiet while Baker's on offense, I think we'll be okay. But you know what I'm saying. How important is this game, Pete? Do you want this game coming up Sunday? Yes. Yes, oh, of course I do. I want it every week. What are you talking about? Yeah. But the important thing to remember is the bye week. Okay, the Ravens play the Steelers. Yes. So one of those. It's one of those. Let's go back to the question again. <laughs> Who do you hate more, the Ravens or the Steelers? All right. Right. <laughs> so let's have a look. And so I think someone commented it was uh, 
I'll support the team that's got the worst record or something, was it? Something like that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Ooh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be no fun for the Ravens. They're going to bring it. They're going to bring it and try and win this game as much as we are on Sunday. Because that means a lot to them. It means a lot for their momentum. Okay. We, we've, uh, we've got to bring it. We've got to bring it. We've got to win it. We win it. We, we win it. We're fine. Honestly. The train will start to move. The train will start to move. One and oh. One and oh. One and oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all you got to do. Mikey P, you and I have talked about how important these next two games are, especially this one in Baltimore. Uh, it's it, it does feel like the Browns' season is on the line here. Um, what what do you think is our the keys to our success? The best ingredients for the Browns to go in there and get the W. Uh, they're going to have to play mistake free football. They can't turn the ball over. Like, no, you can't to win on the road. You got to play sound defense. You can't have any turnovers. Um, and you got to make the plays that, that the defense on the other side is going to give you. I think in order for us to go in and win this game, we're going to have to take the crowd out of the game early. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you need like a, one of those long opening drives where, you know, you get one of those 13, 14 uh, play drives where you're talking about, you know, six passes, eight runs, and you start off with a touchdown that tends to take the crowd out of the game early, and it gives yourself some confidence. You need something something like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough game. Like I, I, I looked at this way. It's like, you got to come out of this, uh, this, these next two games, you got to split at least. Um, but if you can win both, because I figured if you can take care of the remaining schedule, win all your home games and you can steal a game on the road, you're going to, you're going to make the playoffs this year. See, and you're, you're exactly right. With, With Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, it's been a while since they played together, hasn't it? But when they did play together, I always thought that, man, you know, if the Browns can get a 10 to 14 point lead with those two guys in the backfield, Pete, you'd mentioned it earlier. You just pound them, pound them, pound them. And I think that that's the, what, what the, I mean, that's what every team's looking for, right? To get a 10 to 14 point lead. But we're just talking about this week. If, like you said, Mikey P, if they can go out, uh, score a touchdown on the first drive, play some defense, and then come back and, and extend that lead to 10 to 14 points. Then I got, I think we got something because we do have a winning formula, and that is in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb just pounding that rock, milking clock, moving the chains, keeping the ball out of Lamar Jackson and that potent offense. I mean, that, that, they can make big chunk plays on offense. They can score touchdowns pretty quickly actually right. so that's that's what i think that we have to do on sunday is is um play some defense try to establish a, a pretty good lead you know 10 a two possession game and then just feed the rock kareem hunt nick chubb gadget plays demetric felton screen play you know that kind Great. of ball that's what i want to see on that's what i want to see on sunday absolutely oh, 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 i can't dispute that i cannot dispute a single word of what you just said Old school. All the, all old the expressions, school. the terms that you use there, old school football wins it every time, every time. It's practically December. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> this is the north. <laughs> Let, let's get into prediction time. Um, as it, as it, let's get into to this game right here. Browns versus Ravens. Mikey P, you mentioned it's Sunday night football. Ravens at home. Sunday night, 
This is going to be awesome. Primetime television. The whole world is going to be watching, including the UK, including oh, yes. the BFO, right? All the members of the BFO is going to be watching there, uh, Pete. Yes, so let's give are. our predictions here. Um, Pete, you're the guest of honor. I'm going to let you start. What's your score prediction for this Sunday night? Okay, I'll go total points, 47. Total points. We will take it. We will take it. We, I've got to do my mathematics now. I forget the 47 bit. We'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. 31-27. Not one score game. Very close. 31-27. There you go. Okay, 31-27. Mikey P, what is your score prediction for this Sunday night? Uh, I'm going to be the bad guy here. Uh, I think we end up I, – I, I'm going to take the Ravens in this, 24-17. Ravens, it pains 20, me to say it, but I, I think we get the game, Nick, the game, the game at home, but 20, 24-17 uh, Ravens. We just had a Facebook user say 38-21 – Browns. Oh, we I had another that. one say, <laughs> "What's that?" We had another Facebook user after I made my prediction. They don't like me anymore. <laughs> I don't like Mikey P anymore. Well, Mikey P polarizing the polarizing the, uh, the viewers again. I don't know. Well, you, you know what the good thing about having three people on a podcast is we get to out. Way you, Mikey P. I'm I'm gonna side with uh with Pete here. I'm gonna say the Browns get back in their winning ways on offense. I think they're gonna score 35 points. I think the Ravens are gonna be 28, 35, 28 Browns. That's what I'm picking. And and we have the good luck charm from the UK, Paul Brown. He's he's uh. He's in the United States right now, so Paul Brown is going to be in attendance at the uh, at the Browns Ravens game. That's that's got to be good luck. Good old Brownie, yeah. You're a lucky child. You've got the Brits everywhere. I tell you, the Brits we're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. Let's get into our mailbag. We have one question from a person on Twitter. Ask this is for you, Pete, and I'm interested oh. to know this. How did okay. you become such a big Browns fan? I know how long you've been a Browns fan, but he's asking, how did you become such a big Browns fan? I'll give it. I'll, um, I've got the short version. Okay, I'll keep it short. <clears throat> this is all to do with an ex-girlfriend, okay, who's uh, who had family connections in Ohio. This is way back in the 80s, remember? 80, uh-huh. 84, 85, and she moved with her family to Ohio. Um, uh, where did she? Uh, Akron. Akron she moved to. So I had a choice because the the gridiron, as we called it, the NFL or <clears throat> the, uh, the American football in our country was just taking off. So um, <clears throat> it was decided. Oh, I loved the game. I absolutely hooked on it from that point. And I thought, well, I've got to get myself a proper team, haven't I? So it could have been it could have been the Bengals, it could have been the Bengals, or then it could have been the Browns. But who was the more who was who was playing the better football? Bernie Kozar and the Browns. So that's why 
it's all my ex-girlfriend's fault. <laughs> I blame her. I lost, the, I lost the girl, but I gained the team. That's how I look at it, and I won. <laughs> well, that's, does that answer that's... your question? Yeah, it does. It answers my question. And, and what a good time to become a Browns fan back in the 80s. Um, we were just playing tremendous football, iconic players. You'd mentioned Bernie Kosar. He was the quarterback when I started following the Browns. You know, you had Webster Slaughter, Michael Dean Perry, Bob Golick, Clay Matthews, Hanford Dixon. We had um, – uh, what's that? Don't forget the Oz. Oh, yeah, Ozzie Newsome. Oh, my goodness. Um, yes, there's just such a, you know, Eric Medcalf. I mean, oh my gosh, what a great time to be a Browns fan. And and even though, even though we have some bumps in the roads right now and our, our team is looking fragile and there's a lot of uncertainty going, I do feel like I am encouraged. I feel like we're going in the right direction. There's no easy path to success. There's no easy path unless you draft Tom Brady. But other than that, um, it's a process and, and there's, there's growth and, you know, you, you, you draft players that, that work out and you draft players that don't work out and you sign free agents and you make trades and you make moves. And we have the right leadership in place with Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski. I just truly believe that I do believe we have the right quarterback in Baker Mayfield. I, I think he's just gone through a rough year with, injuries and and hopefully he gets better during the offseason he can grit through it the rest of this year but I, I do feel like we're on the right path and i'm encouraged about this football team moving forward Very well. Very so, well said. yeah absolutely well, don't forget we are we're, we're, we're like four seasons out of the hour and 16 tonight that's right <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that long ago was it pete we've got a winning yeah. season now i'll probably think I'll be realistic about it. We probably overachieved last season, and that's what hyped it up for everybody this year. Possibly. And I'm, don't get me wrong, I loved every second of it. All I wanted last year was a winning record, and look what happened. We went to the playoffs and won a playoff game. So maybe the bar was raised too high, just a fraction too quickly. Who knows? Momentum is a very, very strange thing. <laughs> Well, we're about to land this plane. Mikey P., any final thoughts? Please make uh, my prediction wrong this weekend, Browns. Uh, that's all I ask is that the Browns make my prediction wrong. I, I figure that every time I pick us to win, we lose. So I, I'm going with the opposite effect now. Good boy. I'm going to keep picking Good us boy. to lose so we'll win. Well, there you go. Well, th- this is the time of our show. I like to give the our guest a, a chance to give themselves a plug. We we heard a little bit about BFO. Um, t- tell us yeah. about where we can find you on social media and let us know a little bit about what's going on with BFO. Well, um, yeah, BFO is basically stands for Browns Fans Only, and it's a Facebook page. Um, we started around about 18 months ago. Something, no, perhaps a little bit less than that. Um, and we always decided um, that we were always going to interact with people, like what you guys are doing here. And uh, it, the, the thing blew up because we're a nice, friendly group, to be quite honest with you. And now we're nearly 10,000 strong. But wow. um, I'd like to give a big shout out to the self-confessed 
queen of BFO, and that is Christy Acuti. Okay, and she she kind of she set the group up, and we kind of co-run it together. And um, if it wasn't for her, there's people like me from out of town who wouldn't get to see the games because she streams them live every single game. Okay, so that's another big plus of what we do. So I'd like to thank her personally for that. Because without her, I wouldn't be sitting here today talking to you guys about what happened last week in the game because that's where I saw it, in the BFO group. So jump on with us. You're welcome aboard. All we ask is you're a Browns fan, all right? Try and keep it positive, but you guys are in the group, aren't you? I know you two guys are. If I'm not, I will be after this show. Um, so you go on Facebook, type in BFO, and I just asked to join. It. And you'll find it. I just joined. <laughs> Look at that. It's that easy. My, Mikey P just joined. <laughs> there we go. So, and there's lots of stuff going on. There's, uh, there's always giveaways. There's always the people that do live stuff for us, um, live from Cleveland. And we, uh, Christy streams the games. Bless her heart for that. Um, we call ourselves the out-of-towners. We're actually worldwide. We've got we've got people in Australia, Venezuela, Mexico, Canada. Uh, let me think. We've, we've got to cover most of the European countries as well. And they all join on in the stream. And it's kind of like a load of people just down the bar having a laugh and dropping their comments. And it's, it's hilarious. You, you don't want to miss it. If you just joined... Come and see the game on Sunday. You'll see exactly what it's all about. There we go. Browns fans yeah. only on Facebook. That's it. I have got a, I've got a bit of a joke for you at the end. My, my, just to put a smile on your faces. Okay? Because uh, poor old New York Giants fans, honestly, I mean, if the answer is Freddie Kitchens, all I want to know is what the heck was the question? that's a good one well pete (laughs) pete it was definitely awesome having you on the yard dogs podcast but we we thank you so much for being on the show man and um we will well mikey p is always already a member of bfo but i promise right after this show if i'm not already a member i will become one and uh, definitely thank you for being on and and uh, hope you continue to listen to the show. It's been an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks well, thank you. Pleasure having you, man. Pleasure having you, buddy. Now, now, you, can go to, now you can go to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably will. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, good night and go Browns, Mr. Pete. Yeah. Go Browns. Let's have it. Come on. There you go. Go Browns. <laughs> Well, Mikey P had on Pete Barker from he you know, he found us on Facebook, so that was kind of cool. Awesome, all the way across the pond, five hours ahead of us. You know, it's always tough. We, you know, we a lot of people don't know this. We we guest uh, appeared on another podcast that was in Ireland, uh, where it was a significant time difference. So um, to have somebody on, we 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 understand you know the the time difference and we appreciate him taking the time out of his day to to come and join us and talk talk uh what he's very it seems like he's very passionate about the browns and that's awesome to see because you know you know you don't you don't expect to find passionate fans you know across the pond um like that but uh 
Pete knows his stuff. Solid dude. And the Browns are definitely 100% world's team, man. Yeah, we, man. We, we, we have Browns fans across the globe. And Pete is one example of that in the UK, across the pond. Passionate Browns fan. And uh, just wanted to come on the show and talk Browns. And he was very excited about it. And we were happy to have him. Yeah, Dallas can be America's team. We're, we're the world's team. World's <laughs> team, baby. <laughs> well, Mikey P, that does it for this episode. Um, happy Thanksgiving, brother. Happy Thanksgiving, and, uh, man. And happy Thanksgiving to the listeners out there. Be safe. Uh, enjoy your family. And uh, just enjoy the day, man. Enjoy the day. That's all I want to say. Enjoy the day. And uh, um, call someone you haven't talked to in a while. Just, 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 just say hi. That's it. Well, I'm thankful for all the listeners. Mikey P, I'm thankful for you, buddy. And uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Let's go get them Ravens. This is an important game. Got to have it. Must win. You know, like Kevin Stefanski says, it's no no game is important more important than the next one. This is an important That's game. Right. We got to have it. Let's go into Baltimore and get that W. Uh, just to recap, Pete Barker says the Browns are going to win 31 to 27. Close game. You did the opposite thing where I, I actually kind of like that. You know, we all know you want the Browns to win, but you said, hey, let, let me do the opposite. Uh, let me pick the Ravens to win so that way the Browns will end up winning. You picked a close one also, 24 to 17 Ravens. And my prediction looks like all touchdowns, 35 28. And um, for the listeners, just a reminder this coming Sunday, we're going to do a Browns hoodie giveaway. Find our uh, Twitter page at Yard Dogs Pod. It's very easy to win. That's all you have to do is give an exact score prediction. If you get That's it right. with a tiebreaker, just in case somebody picks the same exact score you do, there's a tiebreaker question on there. Um, if you guess the correct score, you're going to get a Browns hoodie. It's going to be awesome. Yes, we'll send it anywhere, including the UK. We'll send it to Australia. We'll send it anywhere in the world if you guess that score right. So find our Twitter page. Give us a follow. We'll always follow you back and um, enter the contest. It's that easy. So until next week, Mikey P, let's end this podcast with a Go Browns. One, two, three. Go Browns. Go Browns.